Hello, hello, hello. This is Monica. And uh, this is Remembering the Misremembered. And today, I have an intriguing case to uh, talk about. An intriguing situation. And I'm going to just get on into it. It was July 20th, 1973 in Hong Kong. About a month before the release of Bruce Lee's latest film, Enter the Dragon. Lee and his business partner, film producer Raymond Child, went to the home of actress Betty Ting Pei, the leading lady in Bruce's next film, Game of Death. They were having a meeting related to the film. After the meeting, Raymond Child left with the understanding that the three of them would meet up for dinner later. Bruce complained to Betty that he had a headache, so Betty gave Bruce a painkiller known as Equigesec, and Bruce laid down. About an hour and a half later, Betty called Raymond telling him that she could not wake Bruce up. Raymond left where he was and went to Betty's apartment. When he got there, he couldn't wake him up either. Bruce was taken to Queen Elizabeth Hospital where efforts to revive him continued. After working on him for some time, they had to accept the sad fact. Bruce Lee was dead at 32. Less than 20 years later, on March 31, 1993, Brandon Lee was on the Wilmington, North Carolina set of The Crow, which was supposed supposed to be his big breakthrough. Uh, This movie was to pull him out of the shadow of his iconic father, Bruce, and give him his own spotlight. The scene being shot was a flashback scene of his character's murder. Spoiler alert for those who don't know, The spirit of Brandon's character, Eric, comes back to avenge his own death. This scene was being shot on a soundstage on the 50th day of a 58-day shoot, and the prop man, Daniel Kuttner, had put blanks inside the gun. Unfortunately, the gun contained more than just blanks, and that posed huge problems. Brandon Lee would pay the highest price of all involved. Michael Massey is the actor playing the drug dealer who broke into the apartment belonging to Brandon Lee's character, where he was raping the girlfriend of Lee's character. Per the direction of the scene, Brandon went into the apartment and Massey's character was supposed to shoot Lee's character. Instead, Massey ended up shooting Brandon Lee, for real, fatally. It is accepted and or theorized by many people that the untimely and strange deaths of this legendary father and son has its roots in an ancient Chinese curse. For the Lee family, the alleged curse seemed to have first hit Bruce's older brother, a brother who was born and died before Bruce's birth in the year of the dragon and the hour of the dragon on November 27, 1940 in San Francisco's Chinatown. In Chinese astrology, the year of the dragon comes around every 12 years, and the hour of the dragon is between 7 and 9 a.m. The dragon is symbolic of power, nobility, honor, luck, and success in Chinese culture. So this was a powerful omen. It was Bruce Lee's mother who believed in the curse and that nefarious spiritual forces were working against the male members of their family. She had tried to protect Bruce from those forces by calling him Siphon, a feminine name meaning small phoenix, hoping to convince the evil spirits that he was a female child, since the curse doesn't hit the females in the family. Originally known as Grace Ho, 
Bruce's mother was thought to be a half-German Catholic whose mother was alleged to be German. Some say it's her father who was European, possibly Dutch. I read somewhere else that Grace was the adopted child of Ho Cam Young, a man with 12 wives and over 30 children. She had an uncle named Robert Hotung who was Eurasian. The Hotung family was a successful family in Hong Kong where they excelled in business. So Bruce's mother was mixed race in some quantity. Bruce's father, Lee Hoi Chuin, was a Cantonese opera singer and actor. Grace and Lee ran off together. I assume they got married. Now, I already mentioned that Bruce was born in San Francisco in Chinatown in the year of the dragon in the hour of the dragon. I didn't mention that he was his parents' fourth of five kids, nor that he was given the name Lee John Fan, a name meaning return again. The name Bruce came from the doctor who delivered Bruce, I believe. And it was just something that he was called, you know, just a, uh, an English name that he could be called. Bruce's father was a singing and acting star, as I mentioned, and he was on tour in the U.S. performing in Chinese-American communities, which is why Bruce was born in America. Bruce's father had brought his wife and family to America for the tour, and this was happening during Japan's occupation of Hong Kong, I think. Uh, when Bruce was three months old, the family returned to Hong Kong, where Bruce spent the rest of his childhood. Bruce Lee made his first screen appearance in infancy, but he started actually acting at the age of six and made appearances in over 20 movies. Bruce was a very energetic boy and probably would have been diagnosed with ADHD if he were growing up today. He often got in trouble for cutting up in class. He started studying the Kung Fu style known as Wing Chun under the instruction of Yip Man as a young teen after getting into a series of street fights with local bad boys. He was also taught Tai Chi, boxing, and street fighting. He won a boxing tournament and a dancing uh, championship. It was the Cha-Cha Championship, I think that was what it was. But um, Bruce was 18 when he moved to the United States and enrolled at Seattle's University of Washington. He started teaching martial arts about this time and was spotted at the 1964 Long Beach International Karate Championships. Although Bruce Lee was introduced to American TV audiences on the TV show The Green Hornet. He played Cato on this series from the producers of Batman, that was on the air for one season. Of course, Bruce is best known and best remembered for coming across as this lightning quick superhuman martial artist in five feature length flicks. 1971's The Big Boss, 1972's Fist of Fury and Way of the Dragon, the second of which was directed and written by him, Enter the Dragon 1973 and The Game of Death, which was released in 1978. Bruce Lee's films elevated the way that Chinese people were seen and thought of, and they sparked worldwide fascination and interest in Chinese martial arts. And some would call that a problem because some people in high places were allegedly none too thrilled that Bruce was sharing martial arts information that was not necessarily meant for everyone to know. But Bruce Lee combined his ex expertise in Wing Chun, Tai Chi, boxing, and street fighting with his own discipline and love of wisdom and called it Jeet Kune Do, also known as the way of the intercepting fist. Jeet Kune Do is considered the pre precursor to modern mixed martial arts. So Bruce Lee was just unbelievable. He seemed superhuman, which made his sudden death at the age of 32 seem particularly unfathomable. 
the true cause of death has been shrouded in murkiness. Two months before the death of Bruce Lee, he was dubbing some dialogue in a tiny overheated dubbing room. He got too hot and felt like he was going to faint. And I guess it's important to note that he had had his sweat glands removed from his armpits just for the aesthetic reasons. You know, I, I don't know uh, what it would do for him aesthetically, but he seemed to believe that it would make his body look better, I guess, to not have his sweat glands So. He took a break and went into the bathroom to splash cold water on his face. And he was gone for about 20 minutes, so somebody went to check on him and found him passed out. They revived him and tried to continue dubbing, but he passed out again and he was taken to the hospital. He was unresponsive and running a temperature of 105 degrees. He was diagnosed as having some kind of fluid buildup on his brain. They gave him Manitol, and he regained consciousness. Manitol is a drug that's used for kidney failure, but it's supposed to reduce swelling, too. He was given a full physical examination at another hospital where he was diagnosed with cerebral edema, yet also given a clean bill of health and a prescription for Dilantin, which is an anticonvulsant given to epileptics. But this is the official cause of the events of July 20th, 1973, Acute cerebral edema, or swelling of the brain, brought on by misadventure. Supposedly, Bruce's brain had grown from a normal 1,400 grams to 1,575 grams, which is about a 13% increase in size. It sounds very odd, but I guess it's possible. Of course, there are those who believe that there was much more to this death. Did the old Lee family curse come to collect Bruce's soul? Did this happen organically, or was Bruce helped out of this world? And by helped out, I mean murdered. Why would someone want to murder Bruce Lee? There could be any number of reasons. Did Betty Ting Pei purposely kill him because they were having an affair that went wrong? Like maybe he refused to leave his wife for her? Is this the real reason he was stricken at her apartment? Did Raymond Chow kill him out of greed or because of some other beef? Was he murdered by some gang? They have said that the Chinese powers that be didn't like the fact that Bruce Lee was teaching martial arts to basically anyone willing to learn, which I had mentioned. Uh, Regardless of race or nationality, he would really pretty much teach anybody. He even taught celebrities like Steve McQueen, Sharon Tate, Roman Polanski, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, to name a few. Was that really that much of a problem? Was he poisoned? Did he die from bad cannabis? Did Bruce Lee's quicker-than-lightning superhuman moves actually serve to physically weaken him, sicken him, and kill him? We can only wonder. The world was saddened and stunned by this shocking event. There was even protesting in the streets from unsatisfied Bruce Lee fans who couldn't accept the reasons for Bruce Lee's death. Bruce had a devastated family as well. His mother, siblings, wife Linda, a daughter named Shannon, and a son named Brandon. Now, we need to talk about Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's only son, who was just eight when he lost his father. He was born Brandon Bruce Lee to Bruce Lee and Linda Emery Lee on February 1st, 1965. Now, I've mentioned Bruce being born in the year of the dragon in the hour of the dragon in San Francisco, California. But Brandon was born in the year of the dragon, too, and also born on Chinese New Year's Eve in Oakland, California. The year of the dragon comes around about every 12 years, and Brandon was born when Bruce was 24. So this father and son shared a very deep connection. 
<clears throat> Predictably, Bruce began teaching Brandon the martial arts ropes early in life. Because of Bruce's career, the Lee family lived back and forth between the U.S. and Hong Kong. Brandon would visit Bruce on movie sets, and he fell in love with the filmmaking process. He decided that he, too, wanted to be an actor and martial artist. After Bruce died, Brandon moved back to California with his mother and sister and continued his martial arts education with a former student of Bruce named Dan Inosanto, who became a spokesperson and historian for Jeet Kune Do and other martial arts systems. Richard Bustillo is another former student of Bruce's who taught both Brandon and Shannon Lee, Bruce's daughter. So Brandon was surrounded by the very best from the beginning of his life. Like Bruce, Brandon was a rebel who used to get into trouble in school. He opted to quit high school months before graduation and he got his GED. He moved to New York taking acting lessons at Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute. He went on to study theater at Emerson College in Boston. He participated in a number of stage productions while he was in school. Brandon's first attempt at the big time came when he landed a role in Kung Fu, the movie, a feature-length television movie that was like a continuation or a follow-up to the TV series Kung Fu. David Carradine starred in the original show and returned for this too. Brandon didn't really want to do this role because he shied away from anything that resembled anything reminiscent of his father's work. Brandon loved and respected his father, but he wanted to be his own man. Brandon Lee played the long-lost son of David Carradine's character. Interestingly enough, the pilot for the original Kung Fu had been written with Bruce Lee in mind. Brandon's first starring role was in Legacy of Rage, a Hong Kong action crime thriller. The film's producer, Ronnie Yu, thought that Brandon Lee was arrogant and strongly disliked because he couldn't speak Cantonese and was only doing the film for the money. This is the only film that Brandon made in Hong Kong, and he was nominated for a Hong Kong Film Award for Best New Performer. He did another Kung Fu sequel. He trained with Dan Inosanto again, did some more TV work, and comic book writer Stan Lee, who's not related to Bruce or Brandon, showed interest in working with Brandon Lee. Brandon was a leading contender to play Bruce Lee in the biopic, Dragging the Bruce Lee Story. He turned down the chance to play his father. It would be too awkward, particularly acting out his parents' relationship. Brandon starred opposite Dolph Lundgren in 1991's Showdown in Little Tokyo, and he also starred in 1992's Rapid Fire, where he and stunt coordinator Jeff Amata choreographed the film's fight scenes with elements of Jeet Kune Do. Then, Brandon was cast in The Crow, where he somehow ended up shot to death while filming a scene where his character is shot and killed. Brandon actually died hours after being shot, supposedly by his co-star, in surgery. He was only 28 years old. I had talked earlier about the Bruce Lee biopic, Dragging the Bruce Lee Story. This film was released in 1993, and it shows Bruce battling a metaphorical demon that had been chasing him since he was born. Now, it's not, you know, not really Bruce, but Jason Lee, the actor who played him, is, you know... He's shown uh, battling this demon. Now, this demon supposedly uh, shows Bruce his tombstone. And the scene shows Bruce Lee's actual tombstone. 
Towards the film's end, the demon gets bored with Bruce and becomes fascinated with Brandon, and Bruce tries to protect Brandon, and it's extremely creepy in light of the fact that Brandon Lee died two months before the film's release. Did all of this really happen? Was Bruce in his lifetime really having premonitions of his death and possibly the death of his son? It would be understandable if his mother was constantly fawning over him, fearing that demons were after him and letting him know of her fears. It makes me think of Natalie Wood and how she was so afraid of drowning because her mother had been told by a fortune teller that one of her children was likely to drown, and it happened. But that's a story for another day. Back to Brandon. Was he purposely killed? If so, why? To ensure the success of The Crow? Was Bruce purposely killed a few weeks before the release of Enter the Dragon? Both films did big box office, and you have to admit that it was in large part due to the publicity surrounding the strange and sudden deaths of its stars and the eerie pattern of history repeating itself in The Crow's case. There's one more thing about a film that seems to prophesy or foretell Brandon Lee's future death. In Bruce Lee's last film, Game of Death, he was set to play a retired martial arts champion fighting to save his siblings. After Bruce died, the plot was changed. Now it was about an international crime syndicate. He survives a disguised assassin shooting him on set. This sounds eerily close to what we're told happened to Brandon Lee. What are we to take from this? Game of Death was released five years after the death of Bruce Lee and 15 years before Brandon Lee. Was this a prophecy, a conspiracy, a coincidence? Did actor Michael Massey really shoot Brandon Lee or was he forced to take the fall for the actions of the real killer? Some shadowy onset assassin whose name we will never know. Did Brandon Lee fake his death? Did Bruce Lee fake his? The questions are endless and the only answers are on those death certificates. And with the truth of being stranger than fiction, maybe that's all there is to it. Maybe. I honestly don't know what to think. But Brandon Lee was engaged at the time of his death to Eliza Hutton, but he died before he could marry her and he left behind no children. Eliza got married a decade after Brandon's death and she has a daughter who has a close relationship with Wren Kiesler, who's the daughter of Shannon Lee. Linda Lee Cadwell, widow of Bruce and mother of Brandon, married twice since Bruce's death. Interestingly enough, Linda was 28 years old when she lost her husband the same age Brandon was when he lost his life. While Brandon didn't want much to do with Dragon the Bruce Lee story, his sister Shannon Lee had a cameo in the movie as a party singer, singing California Dreamin'. An odd karmic carnival, Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee continued to fascinate the public. These two brilliant young men, a father and a son, were both cut down when they should have been in or approaching the prime of life or at least that's how it appears. If they were alive today, Bruce Lee would be 80 years old and Brandon Lee would be 56. Instead, father and son are buried together in Seattle, Washington. Anyway, I'm Monica. This is Remembering the Misremembered, and I will see you soon.